Hi, I'm Janelle. And I'm Monique. And welcome to Is Marriage Worth It? We are just two single chicks, girls, women. Anything but females. Trying to figure out what marriage is like and is it worth it? I'm assuming the best place to get the answers is from married people. Maybe engaged people, newlyweds, and even other singles. Each episode, we will have a guest answering different questions we have or that you may have about marriage. Join us as we try to figure out, is marriage worth it? And if it is, I wonder if my future husband or yours is listening right now. Hi, I'm Monique. And I'm Janelle. And welcome to another episode of... Is marriage worth it? Our guests today are Sakisha and Eric. And she reached out to me on the Facebook group that I'm in called Need a Guest. And she left a little bio about themselves and said, we'd be interested. And so that is how they are guests on our podcast today. So thank you guys so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. To start us off, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Uh, yeah, I am a retired pharmacist. I was a pharmacist for 18 plus years. Uh, before I got sick and I had to walk away from what I thought was going to be my ultimate career, but it was a blessing in disguise. I'm now able to work full time. I'm in our financial business and with our business of working with couples, which we've been doing for about 17 years now, and now able to spend time with my kids, even though they're graduating from high school and college. But, you know, sometimes it's better than none. But it's been a blessing to be able just to be able to spend time with my husband. Yes, and, and my name is Eric Hollick, and I'm an enterprise architect in the tech field. Um, been in that field for, oh gosh, over 20 plus years now. And uh, also licensed financial advisor, and we're also award-winning TV producers um, and uh, authors, podcast hosts, and we've had two radio shows as well. Wow. So that's a little bit about us. <laughs> Impressive. When you get 20 years, I'm like, wow, we sound so old. <laughs> I mean, you know, so I'm just what, 22? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus. Not old, yeah. seasoned. <laughs> I like that seasoned. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, you know, being married almost 24 years, so maybe we're a little older than our 20s. See, you know what? <laughs> See, you just did not have to go there. You just <laughs> okay. to let that slide, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how did you guys meet? We, it's funny. We were on, on the campus at Florida A&M University, which is funny because Florida is the one place I said I never wanted to go because it was too hot. And, you know, with circumstances, I wound up coming to Florida and I found myself in a situation where, you know, I was in a not so good relationship. I left and went to Florida and I just, you know, I've been burned like lots of ladies in relationships said, you know what, you know, you've been dogged out, whatever. So I was through, I was just done with dating and everything. And one morning I woke up and I heard this voice say, be nice to everyone you meet today, which I didn't know that was God's voice at the time, but you know. I'm walking away from, I'm leaving my class and he backs his car up to talk to me and I'm getting ready to roll my eyes and blow him off. And I heard it again. Be nice to everyone you meet today. So thus here we are today. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that interaction? Well, I knew you were nice to him, but what was that interaction like? Um, Surprisingly, he was a nice guy. He just, he cracked some jokes. Um, he almost messed it up because he asked me about the note on my car. If that was from my, like, is, is that note from your boyfriend that just kind of brought back all the bad feelings? And I almost kind of snapped, to be honest. <laughs> but when you hear that, be nice oh, to come on. you meet today. You, you were walking in the parking lot <laughs> and she was going to a car and there was a note on her windshield. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a legitimate question. Yeah. Is that a note from your boyfriend? Yeah. You know, okay. I mean, come on. I was coming from a study session in the library, you were coming from a study session and here you are, you know, with your AKA shirt on, uh -huh. looking all fine and everything. And, you know, so I know you had a boyfriend and then you come over and I'm talking to you, you reach for the note. So, I mean, that's, that's a legitimate. Okay. 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 That's your version. Assumption. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did things progress from there? Literally, we played, played phone tag for quite some time before we hung out because we met in January. Right. And I think the Super Bowl is in February. So he kept asking me out and I said no, because he asked me to come over to his house or something. I was like, no, I don't know you like that. So I'm, on Valentine's Day, he did ask me out and I was like, you know what? It's Valentine's Day. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we went out and our first date was Valentine's Day 29 years ago. At Chili's. No. Uh, yep. Applebee's. No, it's Chili's. Because <laughs> I had um the I had the the ribs and you had cold start. Anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot to my Applebee's. <laughs> Applebee's on the other side of the you ate room. The last rib. That's all. <laughs> you ate the last rib, and I rib. asked you, did you want the last rib? And you said what? Me again. You said. <laughs> no, I'm okay. You can have it. You know? So I ate the last rib. You know, you had to be polite. You had to do the polite thing. And I, and I was polite. I, I was no, gentlemanly. You waiting to I eat said, that hey, rib. would you like to have you know, the last wing uh-huh. or rib? And you said, no. So what am I supposed to just sit, let it sit there and go to waste? Yeah. <laughs> it's a first date. Oh let no rib go to waste. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to let it go away. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, just, I can't. <laughs> so the first date was successful at Chili's, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So how did things go after that? How long before you guys realized, hmm, there may be something there? Mm-hmm. You know what? That's a really good a good question because we were we talked back then it wasn't like cell phones and texting like it is now it was you had to call my dorm room or I had to call his apartment so we call and we talk to each other on the phone pretty much every day and it kind of progressed from there to I think we're together all the time like every weekend like throughout the week we just enjoy spending time together and talking that he just he quickly became my best friend. Really? Yeah. And that was it. We were literally, I think I went away that summer to California for an internship and he was still in Florida and we still talked every day. Wow. She ran up the phone bill uh, there and I think she said she, when it came in, she hid it from the... <laughs> well, the statute of limitations is out, so I can talk about it now. But yeah, I, I hid the phone bill. I was on an internship and I was calling him long distance. She was at UC internship. Berkeley. <laughs> Now you're going to tell the company the oh. name so they can come after me. <laughs> but I buried the phone bill in their, um, in their, like these stack of papers, like in the bottom of like their books. So they wouldn't <laughs> find it. So I talked to him every day. <laughs> Run <laughs> they phone bill. <laughs> but you know, when you have a best friend, you love talking to them. And very quickly, the time can go from 10 to 15 minutes to like an hour or two, you know. <laughs> Or two. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So oh, that was it. We yeah, go ahead. So how long did you guys well you guys did long distance relationship also, but how long did you guys date before engagement? Two years, right? Two years. Yep. Two years uh we got engaged and then two years later we got married. Yeah. Uh-huh. So how <laughs> did you wait? The first wedding. Yeah, the first wedding. We've been married three times. Oh, okay. Well, we will get, I will get back to that. I'm not going to forget that. (laughs) So how did you pop the question? Well, we, uh, we came back to my place and I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? But then I saw, um, I took the the top off of the, um, you know how you have the, the soda can and you pop the top and it has a little ring. Right. So I took that off and I said, baby, you know what? I, I really want to, I really love you. And I want you to, to be my wife. And I got on my knee and I gave her the soda pop uh, ring. And she looked at me like, what? And then I said, no, baby, here's the real one. Here, will you be my wife when you marry me? And she said, yes. <laughs> 
her. She's like, what is this soda can thing? I was like, so I was nice. I, sm- I smiled about it, but you, you know, smiled about I it? wasn't mean. Like, when you gonna turn me it? down if it was just the soda no, can? No, you know how. You're my heart. You're my best friend. I didn't care what it was. Oh, okay, good. But then I gave you the real ring, so you were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. she would have married so you without it, but she appreciates it. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. So I could have saved some money, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Don't take it that far. <laughs> I mean, I had to work hard for that. I had to put it on layaway. I was, I was, yeah. I was using my, uh, my, my loan, student loan money. I was working three jobs. Man, I worked hard for that. <laughs> <laughs> Brother works hard to get that ring. <laughs> but I appreciate it. I so, Eric, how did you know you wanted to marry her? Man, she was just, I don't know, it was just something about her. Because at the time when uh, I met her, I was dating other girls. Because mm-hmm. I was at the highest of seven hills in Tallahassee, Florida AM University. And, you know, the, 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 the story is that you get is seven to eight women to every one man on the campus. I was determined to get my seven women and the next man seven women. So I was like, yeah! When I ran into her, she changed all that. It was just something about it. She was genuine, sincere, um, and she wasn't stuck up. Because I thought, because you know, all the AKAs, they you know, little pretty girls on campus, they all you know, type thing. And so when I saw her, she had an AKA on the shirt. She had a black jeans on looking all pretty and smile. She had a beautiful smile. And so I was like, okay, she one of them AKAs. And at the time I was dating a Delta as well. And then I was like, yeah, she's a ditty. All these fam, you, you know, AKAs is a ditty, right? Mm-hmm. But I said, I said, I'm going to talk to them, say hey to them. Um, hey. Hey. <laughs> So, but yeah, it turned out to be, uh, you know, a bombshell because what, 29 years later, married 24 years, two kids, um, and they're actually four kids, but two kids later, (laughs) four kids total, one in college, one get ready to go to college. You know, we've been through the thick, the thin. Uh, five books we wrote, you know, um, and all this, you know, to be here. So it turned out to be a good gamble to say hello to that Sadiri, a.k.a. How about the best decision of your life? It is okay. the best right. decision <laughs> and the best investment into the ring. I mean, I worked hard for that thing. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> all right. So, Sakisha, I'm going to ask you the same question. How did you know mm-hmm. he was the one? You know, he was just, it's kind of hard to explain when you meet someone that's your best friend and that regardless of, I could be angry with him, but the fact is that I'm mad at you now as my boyfriend, but I need to talk to my best friend. It's, it was just it was something about him, the conversations we had. That's how our relationship started, just talking and spending time together, literally like going to Lake Eola or was it like Ella in Tallahassee? We'd be there for hours. When I say three, four hours, just talking. You know, a lot of kids in college, they're thinking about hooking up and stuff. We're like, literally, we're talking about our futures, what we wanted to do, just each other's best friend. And I was like, I just felt that he was always going to be a part of my life. I just didn't know how. And as it progressed, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I didn't see my life without him in it. So I was just, I was excited when we, when he asked me to marry him. Mm. <laughs> How did your families react to the engagement? <laughs> oh, I don't even remember. Which one? When we told them? Yeah. Well, you're, well, you told your mom. I didn't, I took a while. Oh yeah. That's how we go to the three marriages. <laughs> oh, that's Cause, true. Because we got married our first time. While we were in college, we were living together and we we're like, this is not God's best for us. So we decided to go and get married. So we went to the Bahamas. I took my mom. He took his mom and we got married. We didn't tell our dads. We didn't tell anybody. <laughs> and then three years later, after we finished with school, then we had an official wedding. And uh, that's when our dads 
that's the one our dads knew about. Mm, everybody. We had a big wedding yeah. and everything in her hometown. And then 10 years later, we renewed our vows in Atlanta, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that was three weddings. <laughs> so did the moms keep the secret? Yeah. yeah. Both of our parents were divorced. So, you know, they were friends with, you know, our parents were still friends, but they didn't live in the same household. So it's kind of easier to sneak the moms away to the Bahamas and get married. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. A des- well, destination <laughs> wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I don't hate it. I like look. <laughs> somebody from the family yeah. represented <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was hard keeping the secret because you, you know you'll be around like you know he came from a family of, of pastors and ministers so they say stuff to us like when we announce our official engagement they're like oh we see you're already married we're like wait what who told you <laughs> but <laughs> it, was, it was funny but it was it was a blessing just to be able to have that official wedding because mm-hmm. my dad was able to walk me down the aisle being that I'm a single child, um, a single I'm the only child pretty much. So and he lived for six months after that. And then he, mm. he passed away the no, the next year in 2002. Yeah. So what was the first year of marriage like for you guys? Well, we had to be apart. Yeah. So she was still in pharmacy school. Mm-hmm. Or were you a chemist first? No, okay, you were a prompt. She was in pharmacy school and I was, and she was still in Tallahassee. I was, I was in Orlando working as a, a database administrator for FedEx. Um, we so the we lived apart for the first marriage. couple of years. Yeah. We only saw each other on the weekends. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a very interesting marriage and, and, but it worked really well because when we got when we saw each other on the weekends, we realized we couldn't spend time arguing over right. over ridiculous things. We had to learn to forgive quickly because it's like, look, you get off work Friday at five. I got in like early Friday, did my homework and stuff for school. We could go out to dinner, have fun Saturday. And I had to head back Sunday. So we didn't really have time for arguing this stuff like, look, you did this. You know, that made me mad. Don't do it again. Now let's go to the movies. So we forgave. We were really quick to forgive because our time together was limited. That's like if I we argue right now, I don't get a chance to see him again till next weekend. And this fussing back and forth. I've got school. He's got work. So and it was easy to surprise us. So when she came from Tallahassee, I I remember when I had the the house all dressed up. I had rose petals and stuff there. I had cooked dinner. I had um, lobster. I had some um, broccoli cheese and I had some uh, I forget what else I had. And I had some wine. I had I had the music playing. So when we came, she came in the door. I surprised her and then we danced to some mint condition and Aww. ate dinner. So, you know, we, we made sure that we had a lot of romance yeah. in those times because, you know, <clears throat> come Sunday or Monday, you know, she had to go back to school uh, and then I would come up there and surprise her too. So, so how long did you guys do this for? That was almost... It was, that was- Two years, because the second year you went Tampa on rotations, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> About two years. It's like, wow, I can't even remember all of this. Man, yeah. We threw all that. Yeah. In one year, like 30,000 miles on that car going back. To work. Ooh, wow. <laughs> so what was the first year you guys stayed together? Like, did that take adjusting? 98, 99. Wait a minute, you didn't graduate to what? 2001. So that's like, okay, I graduated in 98. So it was almost three years. But I mean, it wasn't hard because when I did rotations in Tampa, Tampa was closer to Orlando. So I could come over more frequently. So when we were together that first year, when you graduated, um, a big adjustment because I was excited about getting my license as a pharmacist and start to make some money. (laughs) So we we enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, since you graduated, you came over to um, Walgreens here, right? Mm-hmm. I interned, then I got my license. And... Yeah. Yeah. Then after that, well, I found out I was pregnant with Erica, so I bought the uh, townhouse. Townhouse. Yeah. yeah. So we didn't argue a lot when we first got married. 
<laughs> we argued a lot when we were dating. And as soon as we got married, we stopped arguing. <laughs> <laughs> Why Weird, is right? that? I don't know. Well, you know what? One of the things we said that we didn't want to be like our parents, you know, winding up divorced. So we had to do something different in our relationship. Mm-hmm. They didn't communicate a lot. Um, there were lots of things that we noticed that needed to be changed in a relationship in order for it to be successful. Cause my mom was married and divorced and his dad was married, divorced three times. So we're like, we don't want to follow in their footsteps. So what can we do differently? Now I'm not saying we had it all figured it out or it was all peaches and cream because it wasn't, but we had to learn to, okay, this is not working out. We got to do something differently. And that was a process of, okay, this ain't working. We got to try something else. So then, you know, we kept going from there. We just wouldn't give up. (laughs) What were some of the things you chose to do differently? Well, I mean, besides giving, it was a lot of compromise, a lot of compromise. Uh, We hit some rough points in the marriage, especially like when it came to finances, because when we came together, you two college kids, neither one of us really had a lot of money. So that wasn't an issue. But then when you start working and then say one spouse is bringing in money, the other one's not because they're in school. And then when they start bringing in money, it's kind of like, hey, you know, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. So we found ourselves in a a period where we were just kind of i say just say spending, spending, spending once we, yeah. bought, once we built the house. We weren't not yeah. on a budget at all. Yeah, we were not on a budget. We, we're, we found out the hard way what happens to a couple when you don't kind of keep your finances in check. But when we had a townhouse, it yeah. was like when we had two incomes. Well, then we bought our first house. Yeah. Right. We were good with that one. But once we got the house. Yeah. And I think a, a moment for me was when my dad passed away. I allowed a lot of the things that he had ingrained in me to kind of come into the marriage and he didn't really know how to have a successful marriage. So, you know, he was like, Oh, I want you to get this kind of house. I want you to get this kind of car. I want you to do this in your house. And little did I know that was disrespecting my husband because then here I'm getting this in and out of debt because I'm trying to please something, you know, being a daddy's girl, I held on to that the fact that my dad was angry with me when he passed away and lots of other things. So I started bringing all of those challenges into the marriage and we had to learn how to resolve that. And that was, that was a, that was a, a battle, right? <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> and then I know that you said like when you moved into your first house, you, mm-hmm. you were pregnant. Is that correct? Well, we had a townhouse that my husband bought when he came over here because remember, he was in Orlando. I was still in Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. So we bought a townhouse and then together we decided, you know, once I was over here, we had two incomes. We decided to build our first house because where we were, you know, it wasn't conducive for a baby. It's like the bathroom door. You could like you couldn't even really close it, (laughs) you know. It was just that you step here, you like in the next bedroom. So was it like twelve hundred square feet or fourteen hundred square feet? I don't even remember. It was, a, it was two, three bed, three bedroom. Yeah. yeah, but it was it wasn't conducive for yeah, it was crib not, and yeah. all that other kind. I think the crib was downstairs in the kitchen. So we're like, nah, we yeah. gotta do something. We gotta different. get something. The baby can't be down here in the kitchen. And we're <laughs> right. So we built the yeah. new house. We built a yeah. brand new house. So, um. It was like 3,800 square feet, almost 4,000 square feet. So we had to save and, uh, money and learn how to, right. to do that. So that was a task. There are so many things that sometimes couples aren't aware of when they're going into the marriage. You know, they don't have these conversations. How are, where are we going to live? How are we going to pay for that? We're going to have kids, you know, how are we going to pay for their schooling? There are lots of things that we thought of after the fact. Right. And that's that's something that we uh, we teach couples is that you need to have these couple these these uh, discussions. And we have like a a checklist on our website. You need to talk about, you know, having children, how many you want to have, how, you know, you want them to go to college, how you want to pay for college, you know, where you want to live, size of home you want to live, you know, all those things. You need to talk about retirement, vacations, all that other good stuff. You know, if you want Gucci bags or you want. Or Michael Kors or uh, 
point in the email and I'm like, that is necessary. <laughs> yeah, you got to cause the fool. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but anyway, but we had to learn how to live within a budget. And a lot of times as women, you know, we're afraid of the B word. Some men may be afraid of the B word, but we had to learn our our money personalities. He was, you know, more organized when it came to finances. I was a only child. So, you know, it was me and my mom. We did what we had to do to care of bills and that was it. You know, so. It was we had we you had to learn to adjust that mindset when you come into the relationship because not everybody's gonna think alike, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was a saver when we were dating though. Yeah, you saved your money and spent mine. <laughs> That's another topic for discussion. <laughs> it wasn't that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Hey. Yeah, we would be like. She don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I'm like, where you get money from? <laughs> that was besides the point. The fact is he was hungry and he was fed. We had to worry about all that. Okay. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> no, but what I did, one of the things I did learn from my dad was as far as establishing a savings account and just living off what's in your checking, whatever you put in your savings, you live like it's not there unless it's a dire emergency. So I stashed away a nice little um, fund. <laughs> but what, you know, being in college, your parents kind of give you, well, my mom gave me her debit card. We didn't have like the visa cards. We had debit cards. So I kind of was using her card, but <laughs> maybe I forgot to check the balance. So, you know, I was just pulling, pulling, pulling. We were going out to eat and, you know, it caught up with me. <laughs> But I mean, as we look at it now as adults and we're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did that. But you'd be surprised how many households they don't necessarily have the money conversation, how to balance, you know, how to watch your money, you know, how to budget. And that's something we're having to teach our kids now because my daughter has grasped that concept really quickly. She's like, no, if I got to pay for it, I'm not going. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) but just teach them how to be mindful. You know, that way you tell your money where to go instead of trying to figure out where it went at the end of the month, which is how we found ourselves many months. So more month than money. Correct. You're like, man, when the next paycheck? (laughs) Yeah. It ain't in the month yet. Gosh. Yeah. (laughs) So what was the transition like from going from husband and wife to being parents? Hmm. Well, I know for me, it was a big learning experience because um, I can recall um, because we were We're together eight years before we had kids. Right. But weren't we still living in an apartment because we were waiting for the house to be built? I was over in Lake Lake Underhill and you were somewhere else. So I had to take the kids to daycare. And well, the first one was Erica. I had to take Erica to daycare. And so I had to drive them. I had to put them in the backseat. And then when I got home, she would still be working till like nine o'clock at night. So I had to take care of Erica. Our younger, our oldest daughter, or or our youngest daughter, um, by myself. And then when my wife would come home, she would come home and it'd be poopy diapers all over the place. It'd be dishes in the dishwasher and it'd be smelly from the diapers. And she would be so upset. And so I had to learn how to, to put the diapers in the little blue bags and twist them and put them in the diaper genie. I had to learn how to wash the dishes and make sure that they were clean. There was no dishes in the sink. I had to make sure the house was, was neat and kind of clean. So I did learn how, so I pretty much to this day, I do, you know, we do all do the dishes, but I do the dishes most of the time. And thank God I ain't got no more diapers to, to change, <laughs> but I had to learn. And it was a transition that I had to learn how to take care of my daughter, changing the diapers, feeding her and all those things. So it was, it was, a, it was, a, um, it was a big learning curve. I had to learn how to take care of my, my daughter. Learned each other's love languages. Cause for me, it's acts of service. When you come home from work, when he came home from work, if I'm already there, there was no, okay, now I got to do the dishes. I took care of all of that. So when he came home, he could kind of rest and relax. When you come home from one job in corporate, 
then you come home and then you got to clean your house. You feel exhausted. So we had to learn what I call like a balancing act. That you know, hey, and we had to both contribute. I know he's tired, I'm tired, but what could we do so it's not all on one person? And once we learn to communicate that with one another, it I'd say put out put out the fires with the with the arguing because that's when we went through our phases where we were just not seeing eye to eye angry all the time. That's not how I grew up with diapers or the house in disarray. And his was a little bit different. So we had to learn, okay, now that we're responsible for another little one, how do we, how do we navigate that? And that was a, indeed a process. We kind of, we figured it out by the time the second baby came. You're not as, ah, you know. I like how she said that. Oh, his was different. <laughs> we I were, wasn't going to say that then. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll leave that alone just in case my in-laws hear that. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things you learn in marriage. Certain things you don't even respond. You're just like, okay, I'm going to keep looking for it. I'm not even going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. <laughs> but that's what we had to learn. You know, we grew up differently. We had different priorities. Yeah. So we had to learn to accommodate each other. Right. What well, worked for our parents, we also know didn't necessarily work for us. So we had yeah. to create our own uh, household and how we run it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with that, Eric, do you know what your love language is? I know Sakisha mentioned hers. So what is yours? Uh, well, mine was physical touch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that can be hard. When with my parents, I didn't see any affection growing up in my household. So it's funny mm-hmm. while we were dating, he could hug me, hold my hand and it was no big deal. But then when we got married and he's like wanted to touch me all the time. I'm like, please stop. Why are you touching me? Uh, you know, and there's something a lot of times we laugh, but this is literally what goes through our minds. I'm like, he always like literally, why are you touching me all the time? I couldn't figure it out. But that was his love language for me. If you clean the house, I knew that you loved me because that's where that's what I was conditioned. That's what I saw in my household. My dad was a warden in Rackers Island and he was also in the army. So for him, you got kudos when you made you kept the house clean. If anything was out of order, he withheld love from you. So what did I do? I brought that mindset into the marriage. If you should, if the house is clean, oh, you can have whatever you want. <laughs> but if, you know, if not, <clears throat> you know, I, I would tend to freeze and kind of become cold. And I didn't even real recognize that's what I was doing. But for him, he was very, very affectionate. So I had to learn and be intentional about showing my love by being affectionate towards him, which of course is very easy now. I mean, he was a guy. But, you know, when you're coming home from work, you've got young babies and you want to cook. That was like the furthest thing from my mind at that time. It's like, touch you. I'm like, no, how about we touch these dishes and get these dishes out the sink and clean that house? <laughs> but, you know, and I love it with all my heart. But honestly, that's where my mindset was. I'm, you know, I definitely I don't think like that now. But so your love language has changed. What is it yes. now? Oh, I like quality time because that's something we missed out on at the beginning um, of our marriage, working those long hours in the pharmacy, I was glad to have my own job and bring some money in, but that it took a toll on our marriage and on our family because I would be gone. Like I come home from work, the kids are asleep. I'd leave the next morning. They're still asleep. When I come back the next night, they're asleep. So I could go two or three days out the week without even seeing the kids other than when they're sleeping. So that was really, really hard. Yeah, I think it's uh, quality time for me and and physical touch. And I think it's kind of quality time, number one for you, and then physical touch for you as well. So yeah, it evolved. It evolved as I got over here. I like the physical touch now. (laughs) (laughs) So what does an average day look like? in your marriage like right now <laughs> because i still work my day job and, and she works full-time in the business businesses um so i get up throwing some clothes like shorts or whatever and a t-shirt go around the corner and i'm working <laughs> you, know, 
mine is mine is different. I could have meetings back to back, could have some training, could be working on something like production for a TV show or working on a new project, uh, collaborating with people. So my days can honestly, it could be all over the place. And it's we do get some exercise time early in the oh, morning yeah. or the in, in, in the, the evening. Somewhere. Yeah, at least three to four times a week. Yeah. Because um, we're trying to make sure that um, we eat healthy and work out, you know, so we can live long, healthy lives together. Um, I think the health scare a couple of years ago was, you know, a, oh, yeah. a wake up call for both of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. When you guys kind of gave your introduction, it does sound like you guys kind of live a busy-ish lifestyle. How do you guys make time for each other? Well, lately, um, what we did was we had a family vacation, Mm -hmm. which we took, what, two or three days or something. Mm -hmm. And then we was like, okay, we need us time because we we were supposed to take time off in December of 2021, but we didn't. We worked all the way through. We had our TV launch like in December, so we didn't too much uh, uh, resting. So we took what two days off, and we just did a staycation. We went around the corner, and we live like right behind Disney. Disney's Magic Kingdom is like a mile from us, but we checked into one of the Disney hotels. And we did one of those commercials. We're like, you ready? We're like, yeah. And we just got in bed, went to sleep, <laughs> slept, slept. We're like, we're going to get up and go over to Disney Springs. Okay, let's go. Oh, no, I don't feel like going. It's like, I'm hungry. I don't feel like eating. <laughs> and so we just went downstairs in the restaurant downstairs, ate, came back up. We watched the, uh, the NBA finals. Yes. We stayed up, oh just God. laid in the bed, watched TV, went to sleep. And then the next day, the same thing. And then we woke up, went back to sleep, woke up, went back to sleep. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you learn your body is tired. And if you keep pushing and pushing and pushing, your body's eventually going to say, look, I need rest or it right. shuts down. So what I had to learn to do is just, you know what? I'm not a machine. We can't keep going and going there. You know, sometimes you say, I, I had a habit of overcommitting to things like, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to say for that weekend, you know, forget these conferences. We're going. We just we checked into the hotel, got something to eat and just rest and relax. So we did, you know, do vacation no with the family. <clears throat> we go and spend time with one another. We do before quarantine, we were doing date nights like we would go right. to the movies and go hang Dinner, out. Dinner, movie, just the typical. And then, yeah, you no, know, we just even during the week, we're randomly we started having these morning meetings. We'll go to the gym. Then we go to Starbucks and just, just sit there for a while, drink and together. talk just by ourselves for about 30, 45 minutes and then come back and start working. And then start working. Yeah. And then uh, sometimes on the weekend, we just go riding, just yeah. go start riding in the neighborhoods or something. Go to the mall. Go to the mall. Yeah. The mall is always Saturday. And that's yeah. typically a family day. We go out, go shopping, walk through the malls and stuff. So. Yeah, and turn the dinner cooking over to the kids. Right, eighteen and twenty. So I, take have, that off your plate. Let them do it. We have two private chefs now. They cook dinner, and it's awesome. So all we two do is they serve. Yeah, we have two private chefs. Yeah. My daughter and my son, and they cook awesome. They're, they're chefs. Yeah, yeah, and they they even serve us. We yeah, they sit at the table and say, "Hey, dinner's ready." That exactly. We come down and sit down and eat. I'm loving it. Uh, <laughs> I'm loving it. Yeah. Just got to learn to relinquish control because if you're trying to do so much, you wear yourself out. They're yes. old enough. You can drive a car. You want money. You can cook. Let's she has know. her car and Xavier, Xavier drives our car. So, yeah, let them cook and take go. it off our plate. So, yeah. can, you know, like we'll spend time, you know, doing the interview, then we'll go have dinner. We may do the kitchen. If not, if we feel like it, we may, you know, let's get in the car and go for a ride, spend some time together. Let's go get some ice cream. Let's go just do something just for us because they're older now. They don't require our constant attention. Right. I don't have to change any diapers. Oh, yes. (laughs) They could go to the bathroom on their own. (laughs) So, guys, what is the best part about marriage? You guys are 29 years in. What's been the best part? Well, I tell you, for me, it's just being with her. I mean, when we first met and we were dating, I told her, I said, you know what? I just like having you in my presence. Mm -hmm. And literally, that's, I mean, we don't, we don't be without each other. (laughs) 
more, no more than two minutes sometimes. So, like, I go out of the room. She's like, Eric! I'm like, what, what, baby? I just went to get some water. <laughs> I mean, just I just love being with her. You know, yeah. I love being with her. She's and she's it's fun. I like going to the movies. I like watching TV with her. I like going walking with her. We we'll walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. I like going shopping in the mall. We always walk and hold hands. Um, I mean, she's just fun to be with. I just love the. I just love this little woman. Oh, she has a beautiful smile. And it just brightens my day. I see her, see her smile. I love doing everything. I love ministry with her. I love business. Now, business is something. And that's why we, we had to learn how to do business together. Yeah. You know, and so we're still, we're still learning how to do it effectively and, and seamlessly. Um, but I love, I just love being with her. It's just hard. She's my best friend. I can, yeah. We're learning um, effective communication because we also teach it and we're learning even to, as you say, it evolves. Yeah. And so as our dynamics evolve, as our businesses evolve, we went from, you know, uh, just writing, being authors, and then we went to um, becoming uh, what do you call radio personalities. We had two radio shows and we had to do that. And then, then when we started becoming TV producers, then we had to learn how to do that. And that was a whole different dynamic, but it was fun, you know, doing it together. It's just like we do everything together and I love it. Oh, he's my biggest cheerleader. He um, definitely knows how to Keep it light because I can be really, really serious a lot, <laughs> even though it may not seem like it right now. Um, but he, you know, he knows how to make you laugh and make you just see things from a different perspective. And he brings out the fun side of me. And that's something that was missing. I love just being with him. We make each other laugh. You know, our kids laugh at each other because, you know, we have water gun fights around the house. We do, you know, whatever. You might see everybody chasing each other around the house. At any I point. remember that. <laughs> just having fun. You got to enjoy life. So many, so many times we're so focused on the destination, we forget to enjoy the journey. And I love the movie nights. And now we in the Kevin Hart. Oh, Kevin yeah. Hart, uh, what is it? Being irresponsible. Yeah, and, and we we always picking each other to my. It's so exciting, you know. So something Kevin Hart says, <laughs> and you know, he's talking about the raccoon. <laughs> we be sitting there watching stuff like D Ray Day. Then oh, we actually go out to um, International Drive to the Improv and watch the comedy shows together, and that's crazy. D.L. Hughley had yeah. us cracking our side, you know. So we just always doing stuff together, you know. I'm like, so it's like I have my best friend, I have my wife, I have my business partner, I have my lover, you know, I have the mother of my my children, you know, and I have my intercessor for me. Yeah. She prays and we pray for each other and we, you know, so it's, but, and we had to learn too in business. Um, not we're not in competition with each other. We work together as a team. We offset each other. So my strengths may be her weaknesses. So then her strengths may be my weaknesses. So we offset the weaknesses with our strengths. And so now we become a power couple. That's why our first TV show is called Becoming a Millionaire Power Couple, where we help couples to have successful marriages, strong uh, thriving businesses and to create generational wealth. And uh, so that's what we do to help couples. So how long have you guys been working together? Ooh. We had a business about seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and in ministry, we had been in um, uh, the marriage ministry. We've been doing that for about 17, about 16, 17 years. years together. And then like the last seven of those um, years when we had been in business, we wrote our first book together, which is called Marriage Can Win. Um, and ever since then, we've just been pretty much doing everything together. How did you guys get into marriage ministry? Um, believe it or not, we were helping out in church. My husband was always active in church, part of the parking lot ministry and I would always have to work. So I would miss out on that aspect of life. And they were, when we moved to a new location, they're like, oh, we want the couples to come out and, and be involved. And we're like, OK. And they kept asking. And then one, one night we just said, you know, what? we're going to go. So when we went, 
it was just like, if I could be honest with you guys, it was ice cold in the room. The guy was just kind of, we felt like he was diagnosing everybody. And I'm like, no one really felt comfortable asking questions. So, you know, being the person that I am, I'm going to ask the question. (laughs) And it just kind of, it broke the ice and people just started feeling comfortable and started talking about the issues they were having. And they're like, you guys want to come back? And we're like, sure, maybe. And we just started coming back week after week. And then yeah. next thing you know, we were part of the facilitation team. And it, it just kind of went from there. Yeah, we started teaching the premarital classes. And um, and then we were trying to um, do, um, what was that, weekend Yeah, we went to a couple um, marriage retreats on our own, um, you know, as participants. And we was like, we could do this. And then uh, and so we said, well, you know, uh, we're going to try to do one with it in the church. And and uh, so we just figured, you know, it's not going to work with, the, you know, trying to do um, something within the church. So we just started our own business outside of uh, ministry. So we. Right. That's how we wound up writing our first book when I went to a, a women's conference. You know, when you go to a conference, they always say, stand up and introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. So I had a lady do that to me and I was introducing myself and she kept staring at me. And I'm like, why is this lady looking at me? What's wrong? And, <laughs> and so afterwards, she comes and she just starts talking to me. And I'm like, OK, she's like. I've never seen anybody with such a twinkle in their eye when they talk about their husband. I'm like, okay, thank you. Nice meeting you. And I was walking off and she was like, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. She's like, well, do you guys ever have challenges? I'm like, oh oh, yeah. And then we just started talking about it. She said, well, you should write a book. I'm like, yeah, okay, thank you. Bye. And and she kept talking to me. Um, And I I went home and I told my husband, I said, Eric, this lady says she wants me to write a book. And she's like, he's like, a book about what? And she's like, us. And he was like, I don't know. And then we kept going back and forth and going back and forth. And we realized, we're like, you know, we've been through so many challenges with our marriage, with the communication, with the finances, with sex. And I'm sure that other couples out there are dealing with the same challenges. Right. So, you know, we found ourselves at one point on the verge of separation and considering divorce. And a lot of people see us now and they're like, really? Y'all were just going to call it quits? And I'm like, yeah, life happened. And we wound up following in our parents' footsteps. The one thing that we said we were never going to do. So we had to, you know, put everything on the side and just work on rebuilding the marriage, getting back to being friends, getting back to just enjoying life together. And once we were able to learn how to do that, we wanted to share it with as many couples as possible, teach them, you know, how to overcome what we call the great divide, which would be challenges with communication, finances, and sex. So, and the thing is, we're still getting testimonies. Um, yeah. One uh, one lady, she had a talk show, and Sakisha was one of her guests, and she bought the book just because you know Sakisha was going to be on a talk show, and then later she told us, "Hey, um, I read your book." And I was in a relationship and I was, you know, just getting ready to end the relationship. Now, you know, after she read it, they both applied the principles in the book. And then she said they're married. And now even with this about three or four years later, she's like, thanks to you, we're still married. So she 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 gave another testimony because they're still together. Oh, wow. And she was giving all the credit to, you know, us and reading the book and the, and the principles that she learned from the book. And uh, so we, you know, we and then we we started coaching couples because yeah. we were doing it in in ministry. But then we, you know, so we started doing it in our business, and <clears throat> so we started coaching couples and, and helping couples in that aspect, and doing a lot of, um, you know, broadcast and huh? and uh, we had a conference called the Game Changers Live Experience, and we had couples and. Uh, come in ministry and we had we brought in Edward Jones to do the financial aspect um, and then later we just became financial experts ourselves so we didn't have to bring in other corporations but so and, and you know we, we figured we just help couples and now we're just really trying to help couples and families because that's that's the biggest aspect of America that needs to have a strong foundation is the, is the family and the family begins with the marriage, the husband and the wife. You got to have a strong husband and the wife to be able to teach and give an example and impart into the children. So they won't go out and get AR-15s and go and killing everybody, you know? So 
that's how we got started. So what advice would you have for singles, those in relationships, and those that are married? Well, singles. Uh, we do have a, a, a pre-checklist mm-hmm. uh, on, on the website. Um, but once you start dating, um, when you first meet each other, it's really talk, ask questions. Because what you're doing, you want to find out where are they in life? What stage are they in in the hood? And you're like, well, what's the hood? The hood stages. So are they still in boyhood? Are they still in girlhood? Are they, are they in womanhood? Are they in manhood? You know, are they ready? Are you ready in this point in life, in your stage in life, to have a serious relationship? Find out what they want. What are they looking for? They're just looking to have a good time. You just want to have fun on the weekends and, and whatever then let it be known. But then, and then you need to find out where they are and, you know, and, and don't ignore the yellow flags. The red flags are like obvious. And a lot of times, you know, you know about the red because the yellow flags come up. You know, if you, if you're asking them, if you're going on your first date and they're late and once you get there, they all of a sudden they're on their phone or they're not paying any attention. Those are yellow flags. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you actually see their phone, you see, you know, text or something or whatever. Those are red flags. So don't keep moving forward. Or if they tell you, no, I'm, I don't, I don't want a serious relationship, but you're still moving forward because they're fine and they, and they cute and they drive a nice car and you like, that's the one. And they're like, no, or they, they keep, you know, avoiding things. Don't avoid those flags. Don't go on your expectations. But also express what you expect. Get all that out up front. Ask questions. Find out, do they want children? Do they want to get married? What religion do they practice? If you have children, you know, what are you going to teach the children? What religion are they going to you know, teach? Where do you want to live? What kind of house you want to have? Do you want to have going to go on vacations? What kind of cars you want to drive? You know, uh, how, uh, how are we going to pay for, for you know, the kids' education? How are we going to fund our retirement? All these things need to be asked. Questions, you know? Stop assuming that that person it's like they're a project. That you know, A lot of times as women, oh, I can see the potential in him. I can see him doing this. I can see that. But does he see himself doing that? Can you still handle being with this person if they don't change at all, if they don't move forward? And if not, then you've got to recognize, hey, that's a game changer for me. And, you know, so many times we're like, we see what they can be. And although that's great, if they don't want it for themselves, you become tired and become frustrated. And it causes division in the relationship because you're trying to push them into a stage or a phase that they have no interest in. And it becomes draining for you. So you still have you're created with a purpose and they're created with a purpose. But you need to be in a posture where you can encourage one another. And if they are not if those are not lining up, not saying that everybody has to want to do the same thing. Someone may want to be a corporate America. Someone may want to be an entrepreneur. We get all of that. But if you are trying to mold and shape them into who you want them to be, and that's not who they want to be, you're going to be very tired, very frustrating. And the relationship itself can take a toll on you. So just like my husband said, don't ignore those you know, yellow flags or red flags. If someone's telling you they don't want a relationship, I don't care if they teach, they say, oh, you wife, you no, they have said from the beginning, I'm not interested in a serious relationship. So don't try to force it into something. If they made that clear and if you're not cool with that, right, keep it moving. So many times we keep trying to change things into something, you know, or orchestrate that something that's not. But For people in relationships? Well, the ones that are in relationships, I would honestly say, or I would honestly say in regards to marriage, don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary situation. Because so many times we want to give up on our marriage because we hit a rough patch. Mm. You can work through that. We hit rough patches in our finances. We hit rough patches when it came to communication and sex, but it wasn't a permanent patch. It was something we were both willing to work on and work through. So sometimes we want to throw in the towel. Just not just think about it. If you have a car, when you get it, it's brand new. 
But under the hood, if you're not doing that checkup on a regular basis, things can be happening in the relationship. The same thing. You're going to trade that brand, that car in and get another car like the other car is not going to have problems and issues uh-huh. as well. Figure out what's the root of the issue. Is it from me? Is it from them? Is it something we can work through? <coughs> if not, then you, you make that decision. But, you know, so many times it's like, oh, he can't pay the bills. I'm getting rid of him. OK, he lost his job. He's looking for another one. That doesn't mean he's a bum and a horrible person. My husband got laid off from corporate America. He's an amazing man. I'm not about to say, okay, you got to go. How do we readjust our finances such that we get through this time until we get to where we want to be? That's why it's so important to plan out your finances. Don't try to avoid living that paycheck to paycheck like that money's going to constantly be coming in. So you've got to have those conversations. But for those that are dating, figure out if you have the same values, you know, what are you trying to do in life? Do you have somebody that's kind of like all over the place? They don't know what they want to do. Okay. Yellow, I red flag. Yeah. I, I'm supposed to wait here five years till you figure it out. Also, um, you know, really learn, get educated on how to have successful uh, relationship, learn about communication, mm-hmm. uh, learn about conflict resolution, how to communicate. And if you have disagreements, how to have an effective uh, conflict resolution to get to a, a resolution without screaming and getting high emotions with low intelligence. You got so high emotions, you're screaming, you're saying things and doing things that you really don't want to say it is, it's hurtful. You don't mean, but you do it because your your emotions are so high. So, you know, learn about those things. And that's something that we have. And we have in our book, we have assessments and things. Um, but really just, you know, learn how to have a successful relationship. And finally, marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, again, <laughs> the education aspect. But in marriage, and we, we, we said um, we put it in three biggest issues that causes marriages to end up in divorce, communication, finance and sex. You need to communicate about everything. You need to communicate about finances. You need to communicate about sex. Because, you know, if you're thinking, I, the example is like, if, if I'm thinking that I'm, I'm kissing her in her ear and, it, and she's loving that and that's turning her on, then a year or two later, she, she turns to me and says, stop, I hate that. I'm like, well, I thought you liked it. Well, if you simply communicated of what you liked, then it would be a pleasurable instance. So that's the simple thing of communicating. Marriage is not, um, and really don't take it light because a lot of people are, especially women, you're so happy for the wedding ring dress bridesmaids, and then you get married. Then afterwards, you don't know what the next step is. You just honeymoon. And then you're, you know, expecting the life to be grand. You know, it's not always that case. You got to learn how to live together. You got to learn how to work together. Uh, and especially you got to talk about your future, all these things you need to know before you get married, um, how you're going to handle situations, prepare for emergencies, prepare for the unexpected. Um, talk about your future together. Talk about how you're going to build and protect your life, build and protect wealth. You know, really, you know, once you are married, you got to learn how to be happy. Um, and successful in your marriage. All right. Well, Sakisha and Eric, we want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to come and talk to us and just to give us a lot to think about also. (laughs) But before we let you guys go, we have one last question that we ask all of our guests. And that question is, is marriage worth it? Absolutely. (sighs) Yes, It it is. Because it's been designed by God. I mean, it's been designed by God. It's been sanctioned by God, but it's, it's really fun. You know, if you learn, it's like, it's like you, you get a job. If you get the right job, it's not a job for you. It's not work because you love it. It's passionate. So if you get the right person in a marriage, it's not going to be, Oh gosh, you know, it's going to be, yeah. You know, you're going to love it. You're going to have fun. It's joy. It's happiness. Um, it's really, it's awesome. You will have your seasons. We're not going to have everyone think that marriage is perfect because it is going to require communication. It's going to require work. It's going to require commitment and forgiveness. 
you know, but it's not something to be entered into lightly, but it is worth it. I mean, I couldn't imagine doing life with anybody other than my husband because he's my best friend. But we laid that foundation from the beginning. It wasn't just a, ooh, he looks good. We had to develop that relationship. So even if I'm mad at him with my husband, I need to have a conversation with my best friend. And we had to learn how, you know, what would you tell your best friend? You know, okay, let's approach it from that perspective. All right. There you have it. It is a yes from Eric and (laughs) Sakisha. Is there anything that you guys would like to promote? I know you guys have some books and things. Go feel free. Well, yes, um, we have our, our central location, which is marriagescanwin.com. If you go there, you'll be able to see, um, um, you'll be able to get our books from all over the place, uh, Amazon, everywhere on, on the internet. Uh, also, our Marriage Can Win uh, Academy is there. Um, and also information about our TV shows and our podcasts. We have podcasts anywhere and everywhere. Uh, Pandora, uh, you name it. Just um, really, you can just search marriage can win. Marriage it. Mar- no, Don't you, forget you that can, S. <laughs> that's the website. But if you just search marriage can we win on Google, podcast. you'll find everything, um, podcasts, books, everything. And for those, for a lot of women that are listening, they're like, well, I'm not married. This doesn't apply to me. Well, you got to have a solid foundation before you jump into it. So there are some books on there. I have one that's called Girl, Get Up and Win and Wife Material, which helps you with that, help develop that solid foundation in regards to marriage and relationship. So if you want a promotion on your job, you're going to do the research and see what you need in order to be successful in that endeavor. The same thing with your marriage. So we're also part of a book called Money Talks. Yeah. Yes. And also just to, um, you can also <laughs> catch our show, Becoming a Millionaire Power Couple. That's on and uh, MPCTV.live. Right. But you can see it on the network of Zandra TV Network. And that could be on Apple TV, Roku, uh, Amazon Fire Stick, um, uh, NBC Comcast as well, uh, Black Contemporary TV. Um, just Google Becoming a Millionaire Power Couple. <laughs> Well, thank you, Shakisha and Eric. Thank you for having me. You can follow us at Marriage Worth It on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Marriage Worth It. You can also email us at marriageworthit at gmail.com. You can email us any questions, concerns, or, you know, just any date ideas. We are uh, single and our DMs are open. I'm Monique. And I'm Janelle. And this has been... Is Marriage Worth It?